Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taiwan Talk, the show where we explore news and topics from here in Taiwan. I'm today's host, Trevor Chordomasi, and for this episode, I'm speaking with Elias Ek, an entrepreneur from Sweden who is organizing a pitch event for startup companies in Taiwan. Hi, I'm Elias. I'm an entrepreneur. I run a company called Inspire, which is a marketing company. I wrote a book called uh, How to Start a Business in Taiwan, and I am the co-organizer of the pitch event called Dragon's Chamber. Elias has been starting his own businesses since he was a teenager in Sweden, and he's been in Taiwan for more than 20 years, so he has a lot of wisdom to share. And signups for the Dragon's Chamber event are closing next month, so I also wanted to help Elias get the word out. Can you tell me a little bit about Dragon's Chamber? So Dragon's Chamber is a pitch event. Um, we started uh, in 2016 after uh, John Kallenberger from the Canadian Chamber came and uh, knocked on my door and said, you know, they've been watching shows like the Shark Tank or Dragon's Chamber, you know, where entrepreneurs get a chance to uh, to get in front of uh, in, investors and pitch their companies. And they figured we needed something like this here in Taiwan too, especially for foreign entrepreneurs. Shark Tank w- uh, was started in the US, correct? So actually Shark Tank is a American name for Dragon's Chamber, which actually once upon a time was started in uh, Japan and then spread from, from Japan as a format probably became famous first in the UK. It's been running there for many, many years. Um, and then this format has been picked up in Canada and all sorts of places. And then in the US, they decided that dragons weren't cool enough. They needed sharks. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Got to know your market, I guess. So how is um, a dragon chamber going in Taiwan so far? I would say we're doing fine. But the whole point with Dragon's Chamber is to give foreign entrepreneurs specifically a stage to stand on to get exposure for their companies and also get feedback from experienced entrepreneurs and, and investors so that they can improve both their presentation skills, but also, you know, their business plan and so on. And, you know, so we've done it five times. And, and every year we start with maybe 40, 50 applications. We audition maybe 20, 30 people or 20, 30 teams. And eventually we whittle it down to five finalists that gets to get up on the big stage in November to, to actually present their companies front of a big audience. And if we look back over the, you know, the 25 finalists that we've had so far, I think a little bit more than half of them are still running, which is, you know... That's a a good sign, yes. That is actually a good sign, yeah, because as you know, I mean, new companies, startups have a very, very high mortality rate. You know, if you can survive for one year, you're already doing pretty good. If you can survive for five years, you know, you're doing well. And if you can survive the Dragon's Chamber, then your chances are, are looking up. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, of course, that's the thing, right? I mean, in, I, I've been an entrepreneur now. You know, I tried to start my first business when I was 15. So, you know, it's more than 30 years by now. Oh, sorry, are we talking like lemonade stand or are we talking like uh, B2B at 15? So when I was 15, I had the the vision that Swedish people wanted to be able to have fresh bread in the morning. So I made connections with bakeries and went there early in the morning, picked up bread and delivered it to people's 
doorsteps, basically. And and it was fine for a while, but when I tried to figure out how to hire adults that had cars and driver's licenses and whatnot, there wasn't a single person in my surrounding or in the government or no one who thought that a pimply 15-year-old should be the boss of anything. <laughs> this is before Uber Eats, so uh, more of a profit, I would say. Profit with a PH, but I hope you made a profit with an F, too. Well, you know, this was my, my first attempt at, you know, doing business. It certainly processes what we have today, right? With Uber Eats and Food Panda and all of these different companies that are delivering food and, and, uh, you know, groceries to us. But, yeah. Yeah. So I think the key point really here is that Dragon's Chamber, you know, what I was going to say is that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs kind of sit in their own room and they dream up their business plan and they, they do all the research and whatnot. But, you know, they really need to go out there and get feedback on their ideas. Uh, like they said, you know, two heads are better than one, three is better than two, and so on, right? And of course, there are some heads that are better than others. I mean, if you can get <laughs> feedback from people that have been doing it before, that's obviously a, a stronger point, right? So with Dragon's Chamber, people do have to put themselves out there. They have to show off what it is that they are going to do. But it also means that they get brutally honest feedback on their plans. Brutally honest feedback is so valuable. I'm curious. I want to paint a picture of what Dragon's Chamber looks like. I'm sure we can all imagine the Shark Tank style. You get on the stage, you're in front of people, and you're there to impress and to really show off your business. But what are the steps leading up to that? When you're deciding who's going to make it to that final showdown, what are people going through? Um, so we're right now in the application period. People are coming to our website, uh, dragonschambertaiwan.com, and they are filling in a fairly lengthy questionnaire about their company and, and so on. Uh, and we'll be using, you know, those questionnaires to decide who we want to invite for first audition. So usually we audition maybe 20, 25 teams. And by the way, the application deadline this year is September 6th. So when we have our auditions, we have a number of people in a panel sitting down and each team is coming in one by one. And they have a 30-minute slot. So they first give a presentation of usually, I think we had seven minutes last year. And so they have seven minutes to really present what they think that their business is and what potential it has. And then the panel will ask them questions, tough questions, very often about marketing because many, many teams tend to concentrate very much on the product, but forget a little bit about how they are going to get the product out to the customers. How are they going to reach customers? And another area that a lot of early teams are missing is the, the numbers, finances, projections. And, you know, any business is like an equation. It's, you know, you have a product or service that you're going to sell to so and so many customers at whatever profit margin. And in the end, there is supposed to be something left over. And a lot of people don't have that equation clearly thought out yet. So very often we find companies and we tell them, look, there's no way you're ever going to be able to make money. Right. Um, and that obviously sets some people back. And I mean, I've been in this situation before. The second business I ever tried to start, if believe it or not, was a radio station. <laughs> yeah. When I was 18 years old, the, the Swedish government for the very first time auctioned off uh, FM bands for private advertising supported radio stations. And I figured I wanted one of those. So at the age of 18, I was out there trying to find investors to help me to purchase a license for an FM station. 
That's fantastic. You went from bread. Okay. Well, you still went from bread to radio. I'd say that's a bit of an upgrade. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that's the thing, right? You have to try and, and, and you have to build your network, right? Because, you know, that's often the case, right? You do need to know the right people who can give you the right advice, the right connections, and yes, money. You've mentioned it's not only limited to tech companies. I know we all see a lot of apps and and new technology ideas, but um, what other kinds of businesses are you seeing for Dragon's Chamber? Oh, we have seen a a, a wide range. Uh, We had one guy who came in and said he wanted to start a company that customized motorcycles, for example, you know, where he would take off-the-shelf motorcycles and then really make them, you know, bling, bling, right? And, you know, he was a guy who really liked to use his wrench. And and first, when we talked to him, we didn't think that this would be a, a valid business. But, you know, when he was done with the presentation, we started asking him questions. And it was clear that he had his numbers down. He knew where he was going to go and find his customers. He knew how much, you know, time and effort he had to spend to find one customer. He knew exactly how much money he could make off of, you know, every special leather seat and, and whatnot that he put on these bikes and everything. So that was fascinating. A winner the first year is a company that makes a uh, four-wheel electric bike called Podride. Wow, I don't think I've ever seen one of those. That sounds cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really the thing, right? Our uh, emphasis here is on the foreign entrepreneurs because starting a business anywhere is hard. Starting it in a country where you are, uh, you know, not speaking the language perfectly, where you don't have as much of a network and so on is really, really hard. So that's really what we're trying to do, right? So we're, we're targeting early stage companies. You know, maybe they are just a business but in most cases, we probably want to see people that have, you know, at least gotten a, a uh, prototype out and maybe started to test their products with customers and so on. But yeah, we don't care if it's tech, if it's education, if it's tinkering with motorcycles, if it's a publishing company, it's all good. All right. Um, so companies should participate so they can get feedback. You said they can also get lots of exposure. Yeah, because obviously we are we are spreading the information around about the event. But of course, also at the finals, we have a couple of hundred people who come and, and listen. And of course, many of those people are business professionals. They are people from trade offices, uh, investors, you know, mentors and so on. So, for example, last year we had one company that is in the the sunscreen business. And if I remember it correctly, uh, you know, just as she got off the stage, somebody came up to her and said, yeah, we've been in this industry for 20 years. We would like to talk to you. You're saying that people, even if they're not uh, victorious in the competition, they'll still get off the stage and have a lot of chances to find collaborators and make connections. Absolutely. I would say so. So we're doing the finals during the Meet Pay Startup Festival. If you've never heard of it, it's a very, very large, basically a trade show specifically for startups. And they usually have about 400 startups that have like small little booths at the show and something like 17 to 20,000 people that are coming by during, you know, a three-day event. And all the accelerators, incubators, government offices, you know, anybody who is anybody in the startup world will be there. And and we are very lucky to have the support of this organization so that our finals can be on one of their large stages during this event. So that means that, you know, the people that show up to, to listen, you know, they are really in the startup world and have a lot to offer. Um. So are you on the judges panel as well? 
Yeah, um, I am usually one of, over the, the last five years, I've been one of the dragons. Um, <laughs> one of the dragons, I'm, I'm so sorry, my lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We For the last few years, we've had uh, Revital, who is a entrepreneur from Israel. She's uh, usually our head dragon. She's a very experienced entrepreneur who uh, helps foreign IT companies to get started in Taiwan and other Asian countries. And then we usually have uh, two other dragons. Often they are experienced investors, you know, people who are used to, uh, on a daily basis, you know, evaluating startup pitches uh, and so on. So together, the four of us can definitely give a lot of feedback. And so when we see this competition go down, what, what makes a good pitch? I would say, uh, you know, the business idea is, of course, the key thing. You know, do they have they recognized a need for a certain group of people? And do they understand who those customers are? And have they done anything to validate it? You know, I mean, if you're just coming in there and saying, you know, I, I think that people over 40 really need this and this. If they haven't done anything to validate that at all, right, and it's just their word for it, then that usually is is not a good pitch, right? They they need to have the numbers and they need to have the you know the way to back up their claims that this is something that is valid. And like I said, can they make the equation work? It's one of the most common questions, you know, well, can you make money off of this? And and keep in mind, of course, not every company needs to be in it to make a absolute highest possible profit. It's totally okay to have a company with a different purpose. You know, let's say saving the reefs, right? Like last year's company that wanted to do reef safe sunscreen, right? It's, it's okay to have a different purpose, but any company has to be sustainable. You need to be making enough money so that your company can actually, you know, function and you can keep on developing new products and, and do the marketing to reach companies. Okay. And um, is there anything specific you're looking for in the candidates? Well, so we have a couple of criteria, right? So the first one is that one of the co-founders has to be a foreign national. So they could be a bunch of Taiwanese person with, you know, one one foreigner. That's fine, right? As long as there's one. We have a, a rule of thumb saying that companies should not be looking for more than maybe 5 million NT in, in fundraising just because we want to target on the really early stage. Um, you know, most people, when they start a company, they can probably scrape together a half a million dollars NT or something like that out of their own pockets mm-hmm. and savings and, and whatnot. But, you know, for a lot of people, when you need, let's say, two or three or four or five million NT, even though, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a very large amount of money, it's still more than most co-founders can, can get together themselves. And if a company wants to raise, let's say, a million U.S., there are quite a few professional investors that you can go to. And again, most of the entrepreneurs that are coming today, I mean, you you can build prototypes, both hardware and software, for not so much money. So if they need to raise, let's just say, two, three million NT, I think that the foreign community could step up and invest in ourselves. You know, in a situation where we know that Taiwanese banks, for example, is very, very unlikely to lend money to a foreigner. I think that this is a uh, goal for us to promote that I think is very worthy. Absolutely. So once again, let's go through the, the when is the deadline to apply? September 6th. And then the actual event will be in November. It will be on uh, November, probably November 20th. 
at the Expo Dome close to the Yuan Shan MRT station. You know, we're most people probably know it because it's not right next to Maji Square. Yes. I, I feel like most, at least most foreigners are familiar with Maji Square. Yes. And uh, where can we all see it when it happens? Like in person, will it also be televised? Last year, we, we did have a, um, a live cast of the show. But, uh, you know, of course, I would very much invite people to come and watch. Uh, it's free. You just have to, to register with the, the Meet Taipei website. And then you can just walk in. It doesn't cost you anything. And you can, you can see all the teams up on stage. That sounds awesome. What kind of rewards can people obtain through uh, participating? This year, it's not finalized yet, but we usually have a great set of sponsors that are donating stuff that startup needs. So, for example, uh, free office space, free accounting services, free or discounted trademark services, marketing services, and so on. So, we usually have about a quarter of a million dollars of cash products and services that the teams can win. So I wouldn't say that that's the most important part to participate in this event, but it certainly helps. It does certainly help, yeah. So how can people apply for this? Please go to our website, dragonschambertaiwan.com, and just find the sign up button on there and fill out the, the questionnaire before September 6th. And um, hopefully you proceed to the, the next round. Okay, awesome. Looking forward to seeing those new unicorns. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Elias. Thank you very much. Many thanks again to Elias for taking the time to chat with us. I'll put a link to signups for the Dragon's Chamber, as well as Elias's company, Inspire, in the podcast description. And finally, as I close out this episode, I'd like to remind everyone to join my co-host, Ryan Drillsma, in next week's episode. Stay safe out there, everybody. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT FM 100.